Our top stories this week. New York regulators raid unlicensed marijuana stores and enact new rules. Amazon-owned Twitch bans streamers from promoting marijuana but allows alcohol branding in policy update. And did the US government inadvertently just fund the cannabis industry? All this and more coming up on this week's Cannabis Weekly. Welcome to this new episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. Each week we try and bring you the best insight into the business of cannabis in North America and Europe. If you've got any feedback, do let us know. The links to contact us are in the show notes. New York regulators raid unlicensed marijuana stores. In fresh efforts to clamp down on New York's 1,400 unlicensed cannabis operators, a new multi-agency enforcement effort has been launched. The campaign's aimed at diverting cannabis sales away from the black market and towards the city's burgeoning legal adult-use market. And so far, it's seen seven stores issued with violations. Each of the unlicensed sellers now faces fines of up to $10,000 every day, while the state's tax and finance department is able to issue additional civil penalties to businesses which don't pay applicable cannabis taxes, according to MJ Biz Daily. Now, the news comes just days after the Office of Cannabis Management announced the upcoming opening of new legal retail stores. But only 13 retailers have been licensed since the December 2022 launch of recreational marijuana sales in New York, widely missing market expectations. Amazon owns Twitch, bans streamers from promoting marijuana, but allows alcohol. Twitch, which is Amazon's video game streaming platform, has unveiled new controversial guidelines which prohibit streamers from being sponsored by cannabis brands or products. The streaming giant published updated branded content guidelines last week, June the 6th, stating that burned-in video, display, and audio ads, which are all popular with high-revenue streamers, would no longer be allowed. Following an angry backlash on social media, the platform publicly rolled back the changes a day later, stating that the revised guidelines were bad for you and bad for Twitch, and were removing them immediately. According to coverage in Marijuana Moment and High Times, Twitch left guidelines in place which banned cannabis sponsorships, but continued to allow alcohol sponsorships. Did the US government inadvertently just fund the cannabis industry? The US government is now banking cannabis whether they know it or not following the collapse of Signature Bridge Bank. It became the third US bank to collapse following Silicon Valley Bank and Silvergate Capital Corps earlier this year. The bank, which was one of the few to offer financial products to regulated cannabis businesses, was seized by federal regulators following its collapse on March the 12th, 2023, according to Cannabis Now. Speaking on the Alpha Root podcast recently, head of the investment team at Merida Capital Holdings, Mina Mishraiki, explained that the seizure put the federal government in the business of providing financial services to the cannabis industry, despite the continued illegality of cannabis federally. In other news for North America, Senator Elizabeth Warren has called for new measures to ensure big tobacco, alcohol corporations and retail giants are not able to dominate the burgeoning U.S. adult-use cannabis industry. 
Speaking at an event via a pre-recorded video on Saturday, Ms. Warren highlighted the need to ensure that the communities most harmed by the war on drugs are at the front of the line to reap the benefits of cannabis legalization, according to Marijuana Moment. She added that large corporations like Amazon had already begun lobbying for cannabis legalization, stating that she was deeply skeptical its efforts were anything other than a self-interested move to monopolize yet another market, potentially blocking black and Latino entrepreneurs from an emerging industry. A new study published in the journal Drug and Alcohol Dependence in April has found that Canada's adult use legalization has led to a significant reduction in police-reported cannabis-related offenses. Researchers from the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto said that according to their findings, which examined police figures from January 2015 to December 2021, suggested there was no evidence of associations between cannabis legalization and patterns of property or violent crimes. Following the implementation of the Cannabis Act in 2018, which effectively legalized cannabis for recreational purposes, the rate of police-reported cannabis-related offences dropped by 62.1% and 51% for young females and males, respectively, according to High Times. Regulators across the US are now ramping up efforts to penalise cannabis companies failing to pay vendors, taxes and business fees. According to reporting in MJ Biz Daily, New Jersey has recently joined California, Michigan, Nevada, New York, and Oregon in taking a hardline stance against such companies. It comes as cannabis business contend with overproduction, plummeting wholesale prices, and high taxation and compliance costs, seeing many struggle to keep their head above water. Director of the American Trade Association of Cannabis and Hemp in Washington, D.C., Chris Lindsay, said... The federal government and the tax provisions of 280E are being grossly misapplied to state-licensed businesses, which is a real downstream impact. Connecticut raked in $23 million in cannabis sales in May, up from $21 million in the previous month, according to NBC. Figures from the State Department of Consumer Protection showed that of the $23 million in sales, $11.5 million came from adult use sales, while the remaining 11.2 million was gained from medical cannabis sales. The data also shows that adult use sales have grown consistently in every month so far, in 2023, with 292,000 products sold for recreational purposes in May. Adult use sales, which were made legal in January this year, are now fast approaching medical cannabis sales, which saw patients purchase 312,000 products in May. Last week, a lawsuit filed on June 6th by Southern California-based Catalyst accused its Californian rival, Glasshouse Brands, of being one of the largest black marketers of cannabis in the state. According to the lawsuit, which alleges unlawful and unfair business practices and seeks an injunction, Glasshouse is, quote, knowingly entering into illicit sales both inside and outside California, stretching as far as New Jersey, end quote. MJ Biz Daily reports the company is accused of selling cannabis to both the legal market and to a network of burner distros, 
licensed distributors set up to be briefly used as conduits for legally grown cannabis to enter the illicit market. A Glasshouse spokesperson said it was unaware of the lawsuit but didn't respond to a request for comment. Aurora cannabis financial woes have continued in the first quarter of 2023, with the Canadian cannabis giant posting increasing net losses despite a slight bump in revenues. Over the three months to March 30th, 2023, Aurora posted a net loss of 87 million Canadian dollars and net sales of 64 million, up from a net loss of 67.2 million and sales of 61.7 million in the previous quarter. Despite this, the company's EBITDA profits were positive for the period, coming in at 300k in what CEO Miguel Martin said was a sign its business transformation plan is working. Mr. Martin also suggested the company had now made annual savings of $400 million by rationalizing expenses and would continue to slim its operations by closing its leased facility in Denmark, which it hopes will help it reduce losses by another $40 million over the next year. Its Canadian stablemate also published financials today, reporting a growing revenues and profit margins. Over the three months to April 30th, 2023, High Tide reported revenues of 118.1 million Canadian dollars, up 46% on revenues of 81 million a year earlier, but remained flat month on month. Net losses also improved, falling from 8.3 million Canadian dollars in quarter two 2022 to 1.6 million in the same period this year. Adjusted EBITDA, meanwhile, increased 20% month-on-month to 6.6 million Canadian dollars and more than doubled from 2.2 million in 2022. We remain on track towards achieving our communicated goal of generating positive, free cash flow by the end of calendar 23, Raj Grover, President and Chief Executive Officer of High Tide, said. A new survey conducted by the American Psychiatric Association, the APA, and Morning Consult revealed last week that Americans think cannabis is much less dangerous than opioids, alcohol and cigarettes. According to the results of interviews with 2,201 adults conducted between April 20th to the 22nd of this year, 38% of respondents said cannabis was very or somewhat unsafe. This compared to 84% stating cigarettes were unsafe, 65% believing alcohol was unsafe, and 66% believing prescription opioids were unsafe. Cannabis was also believed to be less addictive than all other substances listed in the survey, which included the use of technology. It is clear that we've gotten the message through that cigarettes are dangerous and addictive, APA President Petros Lavounis said in a press release. And now, Europe's headlines. According to info released by Cosmetic OBS, France intends to ban the use of cannabidiol, CBD, in cosmetic products in Europe. CBD in its natural and synthetic forms is included in COSIC, the European database of all cosmetic ingredients approved in Europe for anti-sebum, antioxidant, moisturizer, and skin protectant uses. However, two regulations can go against its regulation. The first is the European regulation, 
known as CLP for classification, labelling and packaging of substances and mixtures, which is carried out by the harmonised classification and labelling. The CLP regulation thus has an impact on a certain number of European regulations, including that of cosmetics. On June 7th of this year, the European Chemicals Agency published the intent from France of CLH for CBD for its reproductive toxic potential, the beginning of a process which, if it comes to an end, and as Cosmetic OBS explains, would end up listing CBD as a carcinogenic, mutagenic and toxic for reproduction substance, and therefore prohibited in cosmetic products in Europe. The ECHA platform invites anyone with relevant information on the identity or hazard properties of a substance to provide this info. A second regulation could also threaten the use of this ingredient in cosmetics. German-listed cannabis distributor Cantorage has seen its stock price jump by around 30% this week on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. Since June 8th, Cantorage's stock price has jumped from €9.73 to around €12.38 at the time of writing, hitting levels not seen since January. The spikes come despite no significant news or releases coming directly from the company. However, a number of external factors and reports may be responsible for the positive sentiment. Its stock price growth coincided with news that the German Federal Institute for Drugs and Medical Devices is set to increase the price of German-grown medical cannabis flowers from €4.30 to €5.80 per gram from the 1st of July. While this doesn't directly impact Cantorage, currently the third largest distributor of cannabis flower in Germany, the news may have created favourable market conditions for the company. Currently, only three companies have a tender to grow cannabis in Germany. Israeli cannabis giant Intercure and its CEO are now being sued by Can Pharmaceutical, also known as Better, as the legal dispute between the two companies that were once due to merge intensifies. In February 2022, Intercure announced that it signed a definitive agreement to acquire its Israeli medical cannabis stablemate Better in a deal worth 35 million US dollars in stock. The deal, which was initially expected to be finalized by the start of Q3 22, was set to see Intercure obtain Better's commercial activities both in Israel and abroad, alongside its intellectual property, cultivation site, and unique strains. However, the deal soon fell apart, with Intercure announcing in February this year that it had officially been scrapped and that it was owed around £1.5 million in loans granted to Better during their negotiations, which it intended to recover under all legal means available. Weeks later, Intercure launched a lawsuit against Better, which had reportedly refused to repay its loans, seeking damages of around $30 million over accusations it had breached obligations. Elsewhere in Israel, Tycoon Olam Kanbit is now set to be acquired by entrepreneur Ronan Elad just weeks after it scrapped a merger deal with BOL Pharma. Earlier this month, Business of Cannabis reported that a memorandum of understanding was signed between Tycoon Olam and BOL Pharma on April 3rd, which would have seen the companies combined create a single new entity, which would be traded on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange. Weeks later, on May 21st, Tycoon Olam announced that negotiations with BOL had now ended without proceeding to sign a merger agreement, thought to be due to the company considering activities outside of cannabis and thus breaking the terms of the deal. 
Now, according to Israeli cannabis magazine, Tycan Olam has signed a binding but conditional agreement with Mr. Elad and his group of companies and will acquire a 60% stake in the company, while the existing shareholders will control the remaining 40% of the new company. Danish medical cannabis operator Stenacare has published a flurry of operational updates over the past month as it hopes to raise up to 30 million in a new rights issue alongside the launch of a new IT platform which enables doctors to set up their own medical cannabis clinics Stenacare has announced the launch of its products into Germany for the first time marking its sixth and largest market to date as well as significant progress in the developments of its next generation of cannabis oils the stream of announcements, some of which were reportedly unexpected, come as the company seeks to welcome new investment to fund its ambitious plans for the coming 12 months and expand into even more markets across Europe. This morning, the company announced that its initial rights issue was oversubscribed at a subscription rate of around 127%. A new survey has found that a majority of Irish doctors support decriminalising personal-use cannabis, with some admitting to consuming it regularly themselves, reports Cannabis Health. An anonymous survey carried out by the Irish Medical Times has revealed that more than half of doctors support the decriminalisation of small quantities of the drug for personal use, while 95% believe drug use has a negative impact on the health and well-being of their patients. 60% said consumers should receive treatment within the health system instead of being criminalised. Most identified alcohol as the drug which causes the most harm, 43%, followed by cocaine at 31%. Over a third of respondents reported that their families had experienced adverse effects due to drug use, with alcohol accounting for 63% of these cases. As always, you can read all of these stories and see their headlines in full at businessofcannabis.com. Cannabis Events. We've got a couple of events coming up that we'd like to invite you to. We hope to see you there. First of all, Business of Cannabis New York. It's happening on the October the 4th. And once again, bringing together the most influential businesses, financial institutions and policymakers from across the sector for a packed one-day program, providing best-in-class networking opportunities with key industry figures, sought-after insights and a trusted knowledge hub for the New York cannabis industry. Grab your tickets today and join us on October the 4th in New York. And after a hugely successful event in London recently, tickets are now on sale for Cannabis Europa 2024. Next year will be the 10th instalment of Europe's premier B2B cannabis conference and expo. Tickets are on sale via Eventbrite or easier still, cannabis-europa.com. And of course, as always, we'll have the links to both of these events in the show description. That's it for another episode of the Cannabis Weekly Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, we would love it if you drop us a review in your favorite podcast listening app of choice. We love Apple Podcasts. And trust me, it really helps other people make a decision to listen to this show. So we'd love it if you did it. 